Welcome to the Daniel Burke Show. I want to create a hundred episodes of podcast. The longest Snapchat I've ever felt. One a day. Coming on. No real purpose. Coming on. No real topics to cover. Coming on. Just me talking. Coming on. Coming on. Three, two, one. Yo, yo, yo. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to day 62 of the Daniel Burke Show. It is Monday, the 3rd of April, 2017. We're in April already. That's crazy. Did, I completely missed out on April Fool's, too, because I think I was way too tired to do anything. I'm still recovering from the boot camp, actually. I got about eight hours sleep last night. I woke up mid-dream at 5 a.m. to my alarm going off because I'm waking up at 5 a.m. for the next four or five days just trialing it out, doing an experiment. I'll talk more about that later. But... It's April. What does that mean? It's well, it's autumn. It's my little brother's birthday today. He turned seventeen. If you want to check him out, I posted a photo of us on uh, my Instagram at Mr D Burke M R D B O U R K E, and I can't believe it. This is the last time one of us will turn seventeen, and he turns eighteen next year. That means in Australia we'll all be legal to to do whatever we want, really, like drink, smoke, gamble. 18 is the big one of the big numbers in Australia, but we're we're all not into that. And who am I talking about? Well, my brothers, uh, Will, who's 22 or 21, going on 22. Josh, who's 18, and Sam, who's just turned 17. We're all growing up so fast. Time's flying. And it's pretty cold today, actually. It's windy. It's about 19 degrees. Windy, and I know 19 degrees sounds like nothing for for people in colder areas, but I got up this morning at 5am, it was still dark, I did some writing, did some reading, answered some questions on Quora, that's what I've been working on actually, so I don't know if I've told you this, but I've been, lately I've been answering a question per day on Quora, which is Q-U-O-R-A, which is like an answering, a forum for answering different kinds of questions, it's so much fun. Because you just get to if if you if you're knowledgeable in something and you want to start giving back, I think Cora is the best place to do it right now online. That is, rather than giving back in person, you can do it from the the comfort of your own computer and just type away and improve the quality of someone's life by sharing your knowledge. And there's no prerequisite, so be careful of what knowledge you spread because someone may take your word as gospel. But I I just put like little disclaimers on all of mine, depending on uh what what type of answer it is. But waking up at 5 a.m., it was hard. I didn't have any caffeine. I had a, a weak tea, but um, mostly for the for the warmness of the drink because it was fairly cold. And not extremely cold, but just colder than what I'm used to. I went to the beach yesterday. No. Yeah. Yesterday. And I got a little sun-kissed, so my skin was all warm and, and crisp, and so the cold air on the warm skin was making it exponentially colder. And then what else? Got home, did some reading, did some writing, edited a video. I'm going to put it up on YouTube. It's uploading now. It's it's about three gigabytes, but it's only about three minutes. <laughs> it's so large because I edited it on Final Cut Pro. I think it exported in a very high frame rate, rate, frame rate slash quality. It's taking forever to upload because of Australian internet speeds. So... Check out my YouTube channel. You'll be able to find that on my website, mrdburke.com. Otherwise, what else have I been doing? 
Yeah, I've been getting... Today I got back into... It was hard. I got back into some deep learning study. Because, I don't know, I think my brain's still a little fried from the last few days. Or maybe I'm doing too much. That's another thing I've got to keep reconsidering. Whether I'm doing too much of, of something. Because between blogging, between podcasting, between YouTube videos, between study, between working out... I don't know. I don't know. I'm... I'm for me, right now, I'm happy with what I'm doing. So I need to just keep tripling down on what I'm good at. And for me, that's this year, I want to triple down on the fitness. I want to get, make some incredible gains, share share my cooking experiences as well through a variety of mediums, whether it be Instagram, YouTube, or whatnot. Fitness experiences through the same thing, as well as programming experience, because that's what I, I, I'm aiming on learning on. By my birthday, I want to either be qualified as a developer or um, have some sort of developer role, which is the 1st of September, or have built my own startup, which I'm also working on at the same time. But yeah, this I got back into learning deep learning through Udacity, and we're, we're programming uh, using Python to learn machine learning and then deep learning. So deep learning is a form of machine learning. I know today is Machine Learning Monday, so we might as well start talking about this. But before we get into it, I just want to say, I just want to go back to the 5am wake up. So I woke up at 5, got some work done. It was actually really good. By 8am, I had more things done than I had expected. So literally before the rest of the people up were up in my house, I by 8am, I had done a few few major tasks that I wanted to get done during the day. I'm going to do the same tomorrow. I'm going to do the same throughout the week. Why am I doing it? Well, I listened to a podcast with Noah Kagan on it, uh, K-A-G-A-N. And he issued a challenge, 5 a.m. for five days in a row. And so I'm taking up the challenge. I've been tweeting about it. I'm going to tweet a photo, of a selfie of myself every morning at 5 a.m. Whenever I wake up, you can check it out at Mr. D. Burke on Twitter. But today I fell into the nap trap. I had a big breakfast because it was my brother's birthday around 11 a.m. maybe, a home-cooked breakfast. And then... I laid down for a sleep at, I think it was 12, and then I woke up 20 minutes later because I wanted to only be for 20 minutes, but then I, I made the mistake of not getting up. I got too deep in the nap trap, and then all of a sudden it's like 1.45, so almost two hours to a nap. It just I think it's just my body clock just trying to catch up on sleep. My body's trying to rest. I think I'm even a bit tired now. It's 8.30. I'm going to try and get be in bed by nine or just after nine so I can wake up at five again without being extremely tired but I like it I like getting up in the morning the quiet is good I went for a walk I saw the sunrise I answered two questions on Cora I wrote 750 words I wrote a thousand plus this morning actually um edited a YouTube video that's uploading now but yeah it's good it's good and now I'm, I'm well well and truly tired and ready to go to sleep after this after this podcast so deep learning, what did I learn about today? Machine learning. Well, machine learning, you can take it as a, a broad... So machine learning essentially is using a whole bunch of data to tell a computer what to do. Now, that wasn't a great example, but a great explanation. But let's just say this. Say you have a whole bunch of numbers. You can use a computer to check out those numbers and work out whether or not there's a pattern in those numbers and then use that pattern to 
generate new answers for, for future predictions, and it gets better the more predictions that it makes, right? So that's, that's machine learning as a whole, essentially using large data to infer future results or, or different results. So what does, how does machine learning work for Google? Every time someone types something into the search bar, Google captures that data, and then the next time you go and type in the search bar, it looks up, hey, someone searched how tall is a giraffe before, so maybe you're looking for the same thing when you type in how tall is, and then it gives you that predictive thing. So that's essentially what I've been learning. How does that work? How does data data work? How does machine learning work in terms of taking large amounts of data, working out trends in the data, and then predicting new results from, from after that? And one of the one of the things I learned in the Udacity course today was we did a linear regression model, which is sort of a if you imagine a graph, an x and y plot, with a whole bunch of data points, and then you put a straight line as best you can through the data points. That's called linear regression, and you measure the slope, the y-intercept, and whatnot. That's that's your linear regression. So y equals mx plus c, where m is a gradient, x is the x variable and C is the intercept. And how was I doing that? I was using Python, Pandas, and Scikit-learn, which are all, well, Pandas and Scikit-learn are libraries uh, on Python to help do calculations. And I was using uh, some videos online from Siraj Raval. If you're interested in machine learning or anything to do with linear regression or that sort of thing, or deep learning, and what's deep learning? Deep learning is a subset, a, a form of machine learning. So machine learning works off, say, let's say, one main algorithm. Deep learning will tie a whole bunch of algorithms together, as many as you want, really, essentially making, if you imagine, uh, let's imagine this. So machine learning will be level one. Then if you add a whole bunch of stories on top of a building and make it to level 10, and each one of those stories is a different algorithm, and you compile them all together, the 10-story building would be considered deep learning because the time you go from floor 1 to floor 10, you've gone through a whole bunch of different things. But machine learning will be mainly just the first floor as a whole. And so what can we do with creating a linear regression model of a certain set of data? Well, when you have the linear regression model, you can sort of predict variables uh, in the future. So you can plug in an X value and it will give you a Y value. So much like just plotting a line of best fit and predicting a value. But essentially machine learning does this on a much larger scale with much larger data sets than what you might be used to in high school and many more types of calculations and uses the results to get better and better and better and better every time it does it. And so we used... Uh, a linear regression model to model a whole bunch of BMI, so body mass index, and life expectancy data and compare the two. And then we used our model to from, from 80 different countries and then we used the model to predict what the life expectancy would be of a certain country given their BMI. So really a simple simple equation. You could do it you could do it uh, with any normal graphics calculator, but we used a, a, pro, uh, a script we wrote in Python today to work it out. And what else can this be applied to? Well, the sky's the limit. Uh, deep, deep learning neural networks are being used in, in law. 
how, how have they been used? Well, they scan a whole bunch of cases, so law cases, work out the result, and then they're, they're being able to, these algorithms, these computers, are able to better predict whether or not someone is a flight risk than judges or than yeah, actual law enforcers. So that's a, that's a real-life case of where deep learning is being used. And I'll, I'll get some more examples ready for you guys uh, next time I do one of these. But that's, that's, I got emailed the other day. I get emailed every week or so with a whole bunch of deep learning news or machine learning news. And for, the, for law, deep learning programs are being used to determine whether a person is a flight risk and are getting better results than, than actual people. So that's, but the thing is, they're very specific at the moment. And I've got a whole bunch of episodes on, on a few, part one through to five of uh, machine learning. This, I think, no, maybe this is part five. I can't remember. But you can find them in my, uh, my history of, of episodes or whatnot. The, any machine learning algorithm at the moment is very, very specific. It's only good at one task. So the best machine learning algorithm at playing chess in the world is not going to be the best one at riding a bike. Let's just say that. And actually, at the MIT boot camp, there was a... Uh, a guy there from he started the iRobot company or that made the uh, Roomba, the vacuum cleaner, the robot vacuum cleaner, the little circle thing that goes around your house. And he was there giving a talk, and he said he got into the back of an Uber, and he told the driver, "Don't worry, your job is safe." So this guy, who's who's pretty up in the world of robotics, was saying that self-driving cars aren't coming anytime soon. So maybe, I don't know, self-driving cars, if you imagine, it's that's not just one task. You've got to monitor so many different things. You've got turning, you've got GPS, you've got other cars, you've got other vehicles, you've got, other, you've got a whole bunch of parameters you got into. It's not specific. It's very general. There's so many things that you have to be monitoring to that a human being can sort of process very quickly, whereas a machine can also process it very quickly. But how do you... How do you make it make decisions like a human would? Or even better still, how do you make it, let it make decisions better than a human would? So say, for example, you have to either choose whether you hit, run into the back of a car or hit another human being. Like That's something you have to consider when you're programming a, a self-driving car is that, okay, it can avoid obstacles, but what's it going to choose when it has to pick between a human and a car? That's a minor detail, but of course you're going to you're going to run into the car rather than running into another human being. So, but they all those things, you imagine that's just one scenario. Imagine how many different times you've come up, you've you've got into a, I don't know, a difficult situation while driving where you had to sort of choose, choose it between a number of different outcomes. And a computer's very fast at doing that, but I don't know, there just has to be one scenario where you forget and all of a sudden it's a disaster waiting to happen. So it's a very, very hard, uh, very hard task to undertake. I'm actually considering doing a self-driving car program after I finish this deep learning course. Maybe it's either, I've got a, I've got automatic admission after this 17 week course. And I know I'm only in week two, but I'm still sort of future thinking, you know, what, what are my goals? What do I really want to do in the future? I've got an option of robotics artificial intelligence or self-driving cars in terms of courses I'll be uh, automatically admitted to if I wanted to get into after completing this Udacity.
And so what else did I go over? Maths. Yeah, we did a lot of maths. So if you, as you can imagine, machine learning is a lot of programming as well, but there's also, with deep learning, there's also a whole bunch of, oh, and machine learning as well, a whole bunch of maths that you have to sort of take into uh, consideration. So deep learning is based off three major areas of mathematics. So linear algebra, so like your y equals mx plus c, statistics, so p-values, all that sort of stuff, and calculus, which is one sort of statistics and calculus I'm not very strong at, but I'll get better at them. It's all right. I'll just have to study harder. And then uh, a lot of matrix and tensor multiplication. So what's a matrix? So a matrix is uh, like a three by three grid of data, array of data. So if you imagine you have one, two, three in the top row, four, five, six in the middle row, seven, eight, nine in the bottom row, that's a matrix, right? And now what what is that matrix useful for? So as we've discussed in past episodes of machine learning, on this podcast, machine learning works, computers work best with numbers. So when they're doing facial recognition, the computer is actually turning your face into a whole bunch of numbers, and then it uses those numbers to uh, compare them to another set of numbers and determine whether your face is you or someone else. So that new phone from Samsung, I think it does facial recognition, I haven't seen it, the Samsung S8. But essentially, all that will do, be doing is using the cameras to feed your face into a whole bunch of machine learning algorithms that will convert your face into a whole bunch of numbers. And when you first set up your phone, you'll take a photo of your face, or not even a photo, it'll just scan it, and it'll work out, okay, your face is the special combination of numbers. And so every single face, because there's so many different numbers that it uses, well, none of them will have the same. So your face will be completely different to mine, and your mine will be completely different to yours. So if I try to unlock mine, your phone with my face, it won't work because the the way machine learning, well, if they've done it right, that is, who knows? I haven't seen the phone work, but I'm just saying this is this is how, in a nutshell, it would work. It take your face, convert your face into a whole bunch of different pixels, turn it into black and white. It doesn't need color, and then convert it into 128 different numbers, compare those set of numbers with the database. If it matches, you get in. If it doesn't, it doesn't unlock. Same thing will go with uh, the Touch ID on iPhones. It'll just scan your fingerprint, because essentially Touch ID is just a camera, right? And it scans your fingerprint, it'll compare it to a database, the Touch ID, the fingerprints that you save on your phone. If the numbers match up, you're in. If they don't, well, then you're not let in. Just like when you're into a passcode. Except it has a lot more steps than, than entering a passcode. And what else did I learn? Oh, so I started reading an article on on how uh, voice recognition works. So how Amazon's Alexa works, how Siri works, what's not. I haven't finished it yet, so I won't go into too much detail with that. But essentially it's the same thing. It takes in audio waves uh, from your voice. And then, because an audio wave doesn't mean much to a computer, it works out, how can I turn this audio wave into numbers so that I can use those numbers to work out, work something out? So, yeah, that's essentially a lot of, a lot of what deep learning and machine learning is about, is, is taking 
real-world situations, converting them into dart uh, numbers, doing a whole bunch of algorithms and math on those numbers, finding patterns, comparing those patterns to previous patterns, comparing those numbers to previous numbers, and trying to make something of it. That's it in a nutshell, but I'll go more into that article, maybe tomorrow after I finish reading it, or in the next few days, or, or next Monday for Machine Learning Monday. But... I'm going to go have dinner with my brother and the rest of the family for his birthday. Turned 17 today. If Wham, if you're listening to this, I love you, brother. You're my youngest brother and got some great memories with you and I hope we can make some more in the future. But guys, thank you so much for listening. Whatever you're doing, I love you all. If you learned something, share it with someone you love and I'll catch you tomorrow, day 63. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. If you want to help me out, you can give me some advice by contacting me directly. My email is daniel at mrdberg.com. My website is mrdberg.com. Or if you really want to help me out, you can leave a rating or review on iTunes. I'd really appreciate it. But once again, thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next episode.